Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Good morning morning. My name is Terry Elton And I bring you greetings from Luther Seminary where I have had the privilege of teaching uh, for many years and of which you, know it or not, have been in partnership with. Your, Jeremy, your most recent intern, and some of our graduates have served here. And so I know of you maybe more than you know of me. In <laughs> fact, have watched you a little by the river doing worship, at a table during Lent in a pandemic, and some things like that. So it is a joy to Nathan um, to be here with you all uh, this morning. It's the obvious question in these stories, perhaps, but um, have you ever lost something or have you ever been lost? It's kind of the theme of these stories here for us today. Maybe it's your keys or your wallet or your purse, or maybe you've been with a group of people, maybe at the state fair or something, and you've lost yourself, right? You've been split away from the group that you came with. Or maybe you yourself have felt lost or been someplace you couldn't quite find your way. Put yourself in one of those times when you were lost. What's it feel like? What were the circumstances? What was going on around you? I'm the kind of person that tends to lose my keys. That's one of the easy lost stories that comes up for me. And frankly, it's kind of annoying. Anybody with me? Hmm. So to overcome this tendency, I created a routine. So as I come in from the garage, I put with those little command strips, this little keychain to hang my keys on right when I come in the door. And so every day when I come in, I get my keys, I put them on, and I go about my business. So the next day or later that day, when I need to leave and drive my car, the keys are there waiting for me. And then there are those times when I didn't put my keys there. And if it's the winter, there's a few jackets and a lot of pockets, and I have to go through the whole house upstairs and down trying to find those keys, usually running five minutes late for work or whatever, right? Now, that kind of lost story is annoying. And frankly, it's not the kind that once I find my keys, I invite all my friends over and have a party because frankly, I'm more embarrassed or ashamed because I can't keep track of things, right? But I do think it's the kind of thing that the woman was doing, looking everywhere in her house for her coin that she was looking for. 
While that loss scenario is frustrating, there are other loss scenarios that are actually more life-changing. I remember one time I was with our youngest daughter, Elizabeth, when she was about three. And we were in Target in the women's section, which I don't know, but they have a lot of clothes racks in the Target women's section. And one second, Elizabeth was there, and literally in a nanosecond, she was gone, as only a three-year-old can do. So I, in my mom mode, start looking up and around and uh, looking around all of these, calling your name, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. One minute goes, two minute goes, no, Elizabeth. Literally, she had vanished into thin air. I could not find her. And suddenly my mind starts going, all the bad things that could happen. And rather than panic, I tried to put my fear and anxiety at check, take a deep breath, and retrace my steps. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. And I looked not only around and under, but over. And there, in the middle of one of those circle racks of t-shirts, probably all color-coded, was Elizabeth. Just hiding, playfully hiding, And when I saw her and she came out, this mom gave her a big hug and said something pretty stupid like, you know, you were giving your mom a heart attack there. (laughs) And then we went on our way with our errands that day. She, not aware of the anxiety that was in her mom, but her mom very aware of what a precious gift she was, and how scared I would be if I couldn't have found her. In that kind of lost scenario, that's what I think of when I hear that story about the dad and the son, or of these, uh, the 99 sheep and one being gone, and what that shepherd must have felt like. Those stories are not just about losing something, It's about losing someone that is deeply important to the shepherd, to the father, to our God. Jesus tells these three stories to a crowd of people. And in the crowd, there's both these religious leaders, these Pharisees and scribes, and then there were the ordinary people named the tax collectors and sinners, Imagine such a gathering, half-planned, maybe half-impromptu, maybe like downtown Elk River here or in some other neighboring community where people were out on a Friday night coming together. Maybe there's some music outside of a, a place to eat or maybe people were just out walking on the beautiful summer evening. Maybe some had planned to be there and some just saw the crowd and spontaneously stopped to check out what was going on. And in the middle of that, we run in to Jesus. The sinners, as they were in the story, were there to listen. They wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. They probably had heard about him. Somebody else had talked about the time they heard him and they wanted to come and learn more 
So they showed up curious and open to what he had to say. And as they listened, they had questions. Not questions that there's a right or wrong answers, but questions about what does this mean for me and for my life? And then come the religious leaders, kind of a little bit ornery. They're complaining. They decide to check out what's going on, right? And they came with questions too, but they were less open, less curious, and more accusatory. They were probably wondering, who does he think he is? Where does he get his authority? They were probably more fixated on what's right and what's wrong, and does he fit in the right? I find it interesting that Jesus addresses this crowd of sinners and tax collectors and religious leaders with these stories. It's an odd way to answer their questions, I thought. I wonder who you identify with in the story today. Do you come curious and wondering, like the tax collectors and sinners? Or do you come wondering what's the right answer, like the religious leaders? I'm a seminary professor. It's hard not to put me in the religious leader camp. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, we're the people that educate the leaders, right? We're the ones that are supposed to tell you what's the orthodox way, what's the right way to interpret scripture, or what's the right way of history of to, to put yourself in that over time. I imagine that just like those Pharisees and scribes, we're trying to figure out the good way or the right way and the bad way or the wrong way. That's what we think of when we think of seminary professors as well. What's the right way to think about church these days or to think about scripture? What from the past should we preserve And what kind of behavior are church people supposed to have anyway? Especially their pastors, right? Sorry, that's another story, Nathan, right? I didn't know we could wear chucks today, uh, by the way. I would have brought mine. Um, But I think about that. And I have the privilege as this seminary professor to have a lot of roles. And one of them is I get to be a teacher a teacher of leadership, and a teacher of innovation. Now, I would have loved to have a class on innovation at the seminary 30-some years ago, but it's interesting that in that role and in that teaching, part of my job, part of my role as teacher is to listen to these tax collectors and sinners, the everyday people that are asking really good questions about God and faith. And it's my job to learn what experiments are people doing? What are, they, what are people trying to do to say, what difference does Jesus make today? 2022, as we live in a global pandemic, as we are divided on many issues, as we can imagine a good life without God, what difference does faith make today? So in this role as a teacher, 
I find myself more in the camp with the tax collectors and sinners, curious and open, wanting to listen more than I speak, wanting to learn what everyday people want to know. And I think of this parable as the experience of a mother who's lost her child in Target. And I wonder, what is God saying to me today? I don't know where you are personally or as a church leader. I don't know how you hear these stories that you heard today. Do you feel like the one that complaining that you really wish we could go back in time and live church as it was fill in the year? Are you worried about the churchly things, the carpet and the, the format of our worship? Or are you more curious? Do you have questions about what difference Jesus makes today in your life and for the people that you know around you? Or maybe you're in a season of life when you feel a little lost and you'd wonder how Jesus could help you find your way. In 2022, being lost doesn't look the same as it used to. With GPSs in our phone and in our cars and even in our watches, we're seldom geographically lost. I can find my way on the map from A to B. But being lost is a lot more than about geography. Being lost is about being separated from the people, our people, that we love and care about. It's like being separated by miles from family members going through a tough time and all we want to do is be with them and hold them. It's living in relationships that are strained from disagreements or different values, wondering how might we ever come back together. Maybe today lost feels for you like your community's not whole like everyone you want is not sitting around the table or the campfire, and you're missing those people, and you're wondering, what's next? You're wondering, do I dare dream of a time when we're reunited or we make amends? That's also a way of being lost, invisible to the naked eye, but certainly as real. Or maybe we're lost because we have lost our purpose in life or rediscover meaning because we're in some life transition and we don't know what's next. Maybe the transition is good or maybe it's just hard. Either way, we can feel lost. Maybe you're sending your youngest child off to college or you're the child going off to college. Maybe you're in a job that doesn't have meaning or purpose and you feel stuck. Or maybe, like my family, you have a family member that has Alzheimer's and you get a front row seat about losing a dear family member day by day. 
those lost scenarios are real for us. And here's the good news from Jesus today. God loves you. God, the creator of the universe, wants nothing more than to be with you and to be reunited. And God will throw a party when you are. God will leave 99 to search for you. God will get the most powerful flashlight and go into the darkest places searching for you. God will clean the messy houses and spaces to diligently come and find you. God will sit at the window every day looking for you to return. And when God sees your face, when your eyeballs connect with each other, God will rejoice. No shame, no blame, no asking, what were you thinking? Or why did you run away? When God finds you and you are reunited, God will simply hug you and sit with you. God will cry with you. God will dance with you. God will do whatever the situation calls for and say in word and actions, I love you. You are mine. I created you And nothing brings me greater joy than to be with you. Let's party. People of God, we all get lost. We all wander off. We all separate ourselves. We all pursue things that lead us astray. That is true. No one is exempt. No matter our age or circumstance, We all get lost. We have in the past, and we will in the future. But being lost as a follower of Jesus is not something to be feared. Because God always promises to come after you, to welcome you, to be your home safe place. So tomorrow when I return to Luther Seminary. I'll return less as the Pharisee and scribe, worried about the church and all the right and wrong things about it. And having been with you today, I'll return more curious, wondering what does it mean to be the body of Christ today? And how might we be more like God who promises this unconditional love and to seek after us when we're lost, to welcome us and to be our home. I remember both the fear and sadness when I could not find Elizabeth. But I also remember the love and the relief that came when we were reconnected. Church, we are called to search for and welcome the lost. And we do this with the love of God. Because God searches for and welcomes us, no matter what. So today, let's start practicing this welcoming love with each other. Amen. 
Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.